0: Can you hear me?
1: Yes, we can. Crap!
0: I got it to work.
1: I just thought you were maybe stunned by my very high tech headphone podcasting bit. gear. A
0: little bit. It's impressive. It's impressive. <laughs> Hi, how are you?
2: How are you? Hello. Thanks for coming on, guys.
0: You're cut yes. off. Thanks for having us. We appreciate the invite. Thank you.
1: I was laughing back at your um your email uh, that you sent yesterday. You're like, Joanne's a pretty one. <laughs>
0: Oh, are you we adorable?
3: <laughs> you are, so you
1: are. Uh, we, we we can talk about it obviously when we're uh, recording, but your podcast and like that first episode was just wow.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Yeah, it was awesome.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I am. I'm hoping I can. Uh, I'll get some carryover from from families who, who follow our page, but I'm hoping I can reach a lot of cops and yeah, have one more one more shot to tell them our story. You know.
2: Hello, and welcome to Table for Five with no reservations. Take a seat at the table for a fresh, sweet, salty, tart, and pleasantly
1: bitter conversation. Hello, and thank you for taking a seat at the table. We have a special episode today. We are excited. We have some special guests. Joining me at the table today is Jamie Ramos. Hello. Tabitha Cabrera. Hello. Kim McIsaac. Hi. Rachel Flanagan. Hey, everybody. I'm Jennifer Dunn. And joining us today is Jerry and Joanne Turning. Hello. Hello. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thanks for the invitation. It's, uh, it was really sweet of you. We're looking forward to chatting.
1: Ah, we're big fans. We're big fans. So can you two introduce yourselves and tell us a little about you?
0: I go first. Uh, Hi, everybody. My name is Jerry Turning. I run a page called Bacon and Juice Boxes. I started that back in 2012, writing about uh, our family and our little fireball named Eric, who's 19 years old on the spectrum. Um, I'm a retired police officer. I retired two years ago, spent most of my career in canine. And upon retirement, I created a business called Blue Bridge Autism Training that delivers autism response training to police and first responders around the world. This is my wife, Joanne.
4: I'm Joanne. Uh, We also have a almost 22-year-old daughter, um, Anna, she's the best big sister ever. Um, She just recently graduated college. I have been working full-time for my company for 33 years, so trying to balance motherhood and working and challenges of special needs has been quite interesting. We've met a lot of wonderful people along the way. I think the world has had some twists and turns in our road. And out of it, I'll just mention also that because of Eric and some, you know, posts and discussions on the bacon and juice boxes page. We also started a nonprofit organization called Special Wants, a bacon and juice boxes project that grants holiday wishes to special needs families. So definitely some wonderful opportunities, but things are never quiet or boring in our house.
0: Never dull. (laughs) No,
4: no. And I, so your
1: son, we can talk about it a little bit, but Sesame Place. I want to talk about Sesame Place because I took my daughter there last year to the California one for the first time. So we compare that. We can compare the two. But 22 and graduated college. Well, she has got mm-hmm. it together. I think at 22, I was still figuring out life. I think I already yeah. had gone to college two years, dropped out <laughs> like I don't know what I want to do, you know.
0: That's well, amazing. Now we Good to, for we her. have to get her a job now. So, if anybody's listening that's hiring, reach out to us because we got to get her out of the house. She now has to.
4: No, I so- want her to stay home <laughs> forever. So, we disagree <laughs> on that. <laughs> What's yeah, her profession?
5: Like, what did she yeah. graduate in?
4: <laughs> she has a degree in um, digital media and entrepreneurship with a, media, with a minor in social media marketing. So oh, my oh, my goodness. Oh, my Production someday. And she actually runs podcasts and things of that sort and does audio. So she has all sorts of technical training and this generation like social media and just working with computers is, you know, the way of life now so yeah. she and let's not- be
1: clear i'm not this generation i was stumbling copying pasting the link to you for the <laughs> podcast tonight so i may be in need of her services
3: <laughs> yeah we're actually ready as a podcast we just had a meeting and we're ready to offer her a free position <laughs> where it, um, she can smile with us in the evening and then help us manage that's great what's your son's name they sound perfect. Hey, this is, it this won't help to get out of she the house. To stay home. Yeah. yeah, it's a win-win. Home, so
5: this is a, really
2: yeah. you're welcome. You're welcome, you it, Joanne. You can put it on her resume,
5: and she can also it's, still live with she'll you. Be guys. like great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's
1: fabulous. Can you tell us about Eric? I believe um, you said he was diagnosed at two and a half, which is around the time my daughter was diagnosed.
0: Yeah, he was diagnosed at two and a half. It's been a uh, a wild trip. He's a ball of fire, always moving. He is verbal. Expressive language is a hurdle for him. So that's what we're trying to focus on now. We're being more conversational, being more expressive with his language. He is verbal. He can express a lot of needs and wants and demands. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he's a ball of fire. Keeps us, keeps us running. And as you mentioned, Sesame Place mm-hmm. is his thing. And we are there practically every day they're open. Um, as to and- say,
4: they must know you guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's he's ridiculous. He's like the mayor of the
0: place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, like, we don't mention we don't mention the one on the West Coast because we don't want him to know it you know, exists. We're afraid
4: yet. if we visit once, it's going to have to be like every we're going to need like um, a shuttle across the country every weekend. So I think it's significantly smaller and
1: doesn't offer nearly what yours does. So really, you know, why mm-hmm. bother?
0: <laughs> well, if, if you're up for it, I, I have a story. I actually lost Eric at the, the park in, in San mm-hmm. Diego. That um, now
4: is Sesame Place, because it was a water park before, and it was part of the Busch Gardens parks. Yep. And so we visited, I don't know how many years was about ago. eight. Yeah. I see. It was age eight again. Yeah. And I and I, <laughs>
0: and I lost him in, at that water park there. And it's it's a weird kind of twist of irony that now I just did training for the entire security staff of Sesame Place San Diego. And I had to tell the story. I, I lost my son for 15 minutes in your water park here. Terrifying.
6: Um, one of the worst
0: days of my life. Yeah. And it's now that that is, that story is, is the, is a cornerstone of my training. Now when I talk to cops, it's just a weird kind of way that the universe comes full circle. Wow.
4: He's kept us on our toes. I think, as I mentioned, the younger years were really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, we probably had about six years where we virtually didn't sleep. Mm. I, I I did I say it. I yeah, said, we, it out loud. Say it out. we don't say
0: that out loud. We don't say the word sleep out loud.
4: Because oh, I feel gosh, like we're yes. finally in a good <laughs> and then if you say oh, don't it, say that, don't oh, finish no. that. Don't finish, <laughs> that. Don't finish <laughs> that. No. Yeah, that. do it again. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. it was I don't know how we survived that time period. I do know how, because I feel like we have good family support system and especially Jerry's parents are very young and they, I just, I don't know, God knew what he was doing by putting them in our lives as like the best grandparents to help in these moments of need, because they would just see that we had like Mm -hmm. night after night after night of no sleep. And then they would take him for one night or two nights and have him sleep at their house, even though they knew they weren't going to sleep, you know? And it was Mm -hmm. just those even still like most Fridays he sleeps at their house. And I hate that I say it, but I like look forward to that one night yeah. Yeah. where we just don't have to chase him around the house. I don't have to mm-hmm. go clean the bathroom. I don't have to go, you know, mm-hmm. up and down getting him 8 million drinks and things to eat and um, you know, it's exhausting. So I always I don't think you need to feel bad for saying that. I know. I do still feel yeah. guilty
3: about it though. It's guilt. mom I guilt.
4: Mom guilt. <laughs> Mm-mm. Yeah. Keep it up, Jerry.
0: Keep telling her. <laughs> yeah, but those years between six and, and twelve are rough. And you know, we had ac- doctors actually mm. saying, I don't know what to tell you except for take turns, go to a hotel and and yeah. give each other and a, a right. night's sleep. And it was it was rough. But we got through it and now we're my daughter
6: still doesn't sleep and she's 27. So
0: Yeah, I I, I hear that yeah. all the time. It's
6: it's hard. I mean, luckily, like I can go to bed now, like she'll be in her room and she's fine. Like I can, I'm still able to sleep thankfully for like that part of it but yeah she she still doesn't really even when she sleeps it's not it's not anybody else's skill restful, you know, exactly
4: sleep. it's not a restful time mm-hmm. period where you're always sleeping with one ear open and just wanting to keep yep. them safe you know mm-hmm. and make sure that they're not leaving the house or right. setting the house on fire our son <laughs> likes to cook himself eggs. fried eggs on the stove and oh, so God. it's like he uses the stove so I'm like I never relax. When I hear that little click, 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 Mm -hmm. click, you know, when the gas stove is igniting.
6: Mine just eats ice cream.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Human body needs sleep. It it really wears on you when you don't get it. It, And it affects affects your whole whole world. Yeah,
3: Yeah.
1: it really does. There's something about sleep deprivation. Um, And I think, but it also, I think it cycles, right? So like, you know, not saying Joanne that you're in a great spot right now, because we would not say that. However, you know, it comes and goes, it
6: ebbs and flows, right? So it's always tough. It's tough. Jen's um, daughter is Jen's daughter is on a little sleep strike right now. Yes, yeah,
1: since right last now. November.
6: Completely days
1: and nights are 100% turned around. So it's, and then like you said, I, I do now, I mean, I think we can all, we all know that our homes, I think an autism home is probably safer than a prison, <laughs> right? So there's every window, every door is alarmed mm-hmm. and there's bells. But you still don't go into a deep, relaxed
0: sleep.
1: And again, every time an iPad dies, I have to get up and change it, water, snacks, you know, it's through the whole night, right? So it's her daytime. So sometimes I'm cooking, you know, dinner at 11 or 12 o'clock at night. So anyway, I'm getting all over here. But (laughs) (laughs) I feel you on the sleep. I feel you on the sleep. So um, you said that Eric is 19 now Mm -hmm. and you guys are in New Jersey. So what was that like? He's an adult now. Right. So, did you have to do the guardianship? How was the transition out of high school? What does he do all day?
0: It, the guardian. We do have guardianship. That was, a guardianship. that was that was surreal process. Um, <laughs> just weird. Uh, not fun. You know, uh, we 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 say that there should be a separate category. There should be a separate avenue for our families, and it, it was weird mm-hmm. to be thrown into the same category as the rich elderly grandmother that the kids want to put her in her home and take the estate. And, you know, yeah. I understand the process has to be adversarial that they have to make sure that Eric's needs are looked out for. And, but it was just weird to, to have to
4: ask a court for permission to continue caring for our son that we've been caring for sure. for 18 years. Yeah. And, right. and some you know, weird, weird things
0: happen. Like they appoint an attorney to represent him. It's, he's it's his attorney. And have to ask us questions. So the attorney had to meet with him, and it was during COVID, so it was a Zoom meeting. And we were like, "There, there is no way Eric's going to sit here and talk to you. He mm-hmm. did not want any part of it." And but we had to go through the steps and through the process. And we were lucky that that attorney was very, very. He was cool. He understood. Mm-hmm. He actually had a, a special needs brother. Had a brother on the spectrum. So he was very, very. Oh, um, that's amazing.
4: Sick and- yeah. Yeah, I mean, like Eric was sitting kind of right behind us in the middle of like a Zoom meeting, and he'd be like, "Hey, Eric, do you want to hear a funny story?" And Eric was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, so on, on one hand, you're really you're really angry that you have to go through that that dehumanizing process, but he made it better. Uh, he was mm-hmm. compassionate, and it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. But it's a weird weird process to go through, you know, to have some to have some court tell you, "Yes, okay, you can continue being his parent." And it's just
4: also very complicated to figure out, you know, because there's so much legal loopholes and steps, and you're just so afraid that you're gonna do something wrong. You know, there's no like step one, do this, step two, do that. You kind of just figure it out and then you have a court date and then you don't hear anything and you're like, okay, because you don't have to appear in court. (laughs) All of your paperwork is just presented to a judge. And so then you're waiting back, like well, did we get guardianship? Like what it is just very, very strange. And then this year going through social security. Was... That's a whole
0: new story. <sighs> yeah, that, that's a trip. I I, <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. Just a
5: nightmare. Yeah, social
1: security I mean, is awful. The U.S. government... <laughs> I, I, I... I mean there's a lot that could be said about that, but we'll save that for another yes, day. Exactly. That could be a whole other podcast. I mean we should yes, chat, Joanne. Yes. Yes. That's but,
0: just... but yes, he is now ours. We have we have the we have
1: congratulations. The... We get to keep <laughs> him. Mine. It's a boy. Congratulations, it's the
5: boy. Uh, yeah, we've had I... friends on the podcast who's actually there, they were required to appear. With their and child. Cariello, yeah. Right, and
1: that I said she was worried Amy Jack too. was gonna say no. Yeah. The judge well, yeah that's
0: hard. One of the questions that the, the attorney was asking Eric was or no, he's asking us about, about Eric was does he is he able to take his own medicine on yeah. his own? Yeah. And I answered, yes, he is, because As long as it's structured and scheduled, he knows exactly what medication to take. But then I had to catch myself. I'm like, "Well, but wait a minute. That doesn't mean he knows why Why he needs the medication.
4: He doesn't know to refill it. He doesn't. know." So you're walking
0: this tightrope. You don't want to say the wrong thing to make the attorney think that he is. He can live
4: on his own. Yeah. he,
0: He doesn't need. We don't need guardianship. It was just a just a hard process.
4: So, did he do the typical school education route and then give the synopsis? Yeah, go ahead. So, he started with early intervention and then he went into um, public school pre K and you know it was pretty much full day, um, which self contained classroom, public school. So, he was in our public school from K through three. No, I lied from pre K to kindergarten then we actually pulled him out and put him into a private school that was actually more like an early learning center and it was mixture of typical children and some a few because it was very small school it was like eight children in the whole school and um so then he was there for like three years and they were like okay he's beyond like the age that we should really have him here so then he went back into the public school and through eighth grade and we had wonderful experience, especially in his middle school years, sixth, seventh and eighth were like my favorite years. Teachers were wonderful. Staff was wonderful. Like we just were in a good place. And then he had to go to high school and we are in a school district that has a regional high school. And not that there is anything quote unquote bad with it. I think as a parent, I was apprehensive because he was now going to be put into an school system with students that didn't know him coming from different school districts. Whereas, yes, there would have been some from the, you know, town that we live in that would have known him or been familiar, but then, you know, six other towns that come in that don't know him. And it's just scary. Mm
0: -hmm. So we
4: went the route of going private. So it was considered public school, but a placement, you know, to a private school through our public school district. And, The first year was okay. And then COVID hit and it was very, very difficult. And I don't blame any schools having to figure out COVID and what a nightmare it was. But if a school could have done something wrong or made a bad decision, this school did it. And it was like so frustrating because, you know, our kids need routine. They, they need like structure structure. and they would, you know, be trying to figure out these rules. Like, was there an exposure? Does somebody have a thing? Or do we have to be closed for 12 days? Do you, can you come back? And So they would come send notices like you were out for two weeks and then the next day, oh, you know what? We reread the rules and it wasn't in our classroom so you could come back. I'm like, no, we already told him two weeks, like he's not coming back. So long story short, we ended up making the decision um, after sending him back for a little while during COVID for um, Jerry to homeschool him.
0: Yeah, I have. Absolutely I had the. Yeah, I happened to retire around the same time, so we had this luxury of being able to do this. And so um, I actually ran out of reasons not to do not it. to homeschool. <laughs> I ran out of reasons to keep sending him to a school. And what, what what we hung on the longest for socialization. Yes. But he really, when I really looked myself in the eye and says, "Is he really getting socialization?" He wasn't. He wasn't getting it at the school. So slowly but surely, the reasons to keep sending them to school started to tick away. And the last one was um, respite for me, you know, and and that wasn't enough anymore. Uh, I had the time. I have the ability to do this. I have been given a gift to retire early. So uh, we bit the bullet and I I started homeschooling them and. He's it's been, been fantastic. Like I said he's yeah. done
4: wow. wonderfully. He's done yeah. wonderfully. I mean, like the, the progression he's made in actual learning and schoolwork.
0: Yeah. He's jumped, I mean, he's multiplied. jumped several, several grades yeah. in math, yeah. uh, over the last year and a half, reading, comprehension, everything that I really needed Amazing. to focus on. Uh he, he kind of thrived. And you know, there's this, it's just kind of just chill. We just kind of we just he has fun. He, he races to the desk every morning. That he's beat. He beats me there to do school work. He, he likes hanging out with me. To do
4: extra school work throughout the day with dad. Yeah. He just loves doing it.
0: Yeah, for him it was the right. I understand that it's not the right call for everybody. First and and the and the the luxury we have of me being able to to do it. Um, it absolutely made sense. But I understand. You know, not every family's in that position. You know.
4: Yeah. I think the anxiety. Yeah. Also. Yeah. Um. School or the school day structure really caused a lot of anxiety for him. Well, I mean, and it
0: probably was the reason why he wasn't sleeping for so long is yeah. he was mm-hmm. just, just always, always anxious. And when we started doing homeschooling, all of that kind of didn't go away, No, but it, it was severely, it was, it was really he's impacted. He's a, he's a different kid, <laughs> totally different. So kid. It's,
1: I, I do understand that because uh, my daughter has developed epilepsy and the neurologist that she sees at children's, she hasn't had one since I pulled her from public ed. And he wow. said, the chaos that these children walk into every day, he said, No one ever thinks about the lighting and the sounds, which mm-hmm. he said the lighting in schools in general are triggering for anybody, but for children with epilepsy, it's even yeah. more. It yeah. triggers yeah. Their epilepsy. Mm-hmm. And he just said, All of this around, he said, will often do that. And then she's not had one since I took her out of school. So it, it's, it's, it's interesting, right?
0: It's it really is. And yeah. I, what was I going to say this for Eric, but he wants to get done, whatever he'll do, whatever you want him to do, he'll give him the task, give him the rules and let him do it. But when he's done, he wants to be done. So it was really hard for him to do like a sub, like learn a subject, do a math sheet or whatever, and then wait for the other kids. And then, or take a break and then come back and he so just wants that, to, he just so wants to go
4: time was torturous and it just created so much anxiety yeah
0: so I have the ability now we sit down we do our, our schoolwork we're done in an hour and a half and then we can go about our day and that fits his personality much much better
1: yeah that's awesome
0: yeah and now he's going to a program uh, a work program he starts his internship Wednesday
1: Wednesday. Wednesday. His first job. Ooh, he got his
0: first
5: awesome. job. That's <laughs>
1: awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Look at someone's gonna work out of your two kids. It'll be exactly. fine. It'll be fine.
6: My
5: daughter is like,
1: <laughs> if he gets a job before me.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
4: that's awesome. That's amazing. Um, what is he going to be doing? Uh he'll be working at a local, like a like a small batch uh ice cream, ice cream parlor. parlor and we got to
0: get him to keep his fingers out of yeah, the product so
4: they'll be part of the job training but they do get to have some ice cream at the end of their shift so we'll see you know this is the first try um you know with the program that he's going through but i love I, that i think the program where he is now and he only goes two days a week but we've done that also for that socialization piece like mm-hmm. we're end job training like there was only so much. It wasn't like dad could take him to Wegmans and say, can I be your job coach and take you yeah, to but... you know, a food store and and help you kind of learn your job skills? So we needed to find some place that can take him to that next step and hopefully lead towards some kind of semi-independence. So this place has been wonderful and they see things in him that again, makes me feel bad as a parent that I feel like maybe I never saw in him, you know, or I never felt like he was fully capable. And I had to like wrap him in bubble wrap, you know, and protect him from certain experiences. And so I said to the woman, you know, his BCBA, I was like, I just have to thank you. Like you're helping me see more potential in him than I even knew was there. So fingers crossed. Our kids love to Prove us wrong to uh,
3: other
4: people. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> so happy for them to do that. Absolutely, yeah. So I'm like, prove me wrong every day. I don't mind that at all.
0: And it's 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 interesting. These professionals, they seem, I guess, braver is the right word. They they're willing to take chances that that I don't think comes as easy to a parent. So you need that somebody that that somebody else to say, no, no, we'll nudge him. He'll be okay. It'll be yeah. all right. Just and uh, yeah, we really needed that, especially at I, this point.
5: He, I always think uh, uh, when I like have those feelings about myself. I'm like, man, I should have, you know, and I'm getting better at that, like given a chance, you know? But then like we talked about earlier, like you're working on two hours of sleep for like three days. You have safety locks all over your house. You've seen the liquids dumped or the rocks in the mouth, you know, like, the trajectory of everything that you've watched over the time kind of presets you to be on the high alert, <laughs> you know. And these people come in like with their fresh spirits, and
0: they're like, Let us give it a try. I
2: <laughs> they lack
4: trauma, it's the tra- they don't have- <laughs> yeah, that's
2: true. No, yeah, it's true. No, but it's
4: true because when I was on the phone with her and I was trying to, I was taking notes to like relay everything to Jerry, I'm like. I almost felt like saying, "Like, are 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 you talking about Eric?" <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> did you call the right number, yeah. You know? yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. but little
0: things that we we even overlook, like they're teaching him how to answer the phone and and fill out job applications, and and you know, will you be available to work next week? And have him answer the question and have it be a true answer, and little kind of things that you as a parent, I never even... thought. To yeah. teach him that skill, you know what I mean? That's
4: amazing. So
0: that outside perspective really—it's an eye-opening thing to have yeah. somebody
4: believe in your son. Yeah, and be better <laughs>
0: at it than you, I guess. Yeah. You know.
4: Well, yeah. yes. well, I think that I Fresh
6: think spirit, all kids are Jerry. a little different. You know what Fresh I'm saying? Spirit. They're always a little different for their parents. They're always a little bit. Yeah. True. Mm-hmm. I mean. Even typical kids, right? They're always a little bit more self, reliant less self reliant when they when we're around. And um, That's true. I think and they'll mouth off to us and not others. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and I think we get stuck on how vulnerable our children are, thinking of all the things that could like happen, and we just we just want to keep them safe and, and, and protect their hearts and their dignity and you know all these things. So it's I think. You know, sometimes you get that tunnel vision and that's the things you're seeing. And then you have this other person, all the emotions are taken out of it. So then there's a little clarity. I feel like when that happens. And-
0: yeah. One of my favorite comedians is, is Jay Moore. And he has this line that when your child is born, you want to nerf the world. Right. And you, you just want everything to be safe. And that kind of puts you in a, in a bubble and it's not good for them. You know, they need, they need to be pushed a little bit. Yeah. it's really That balance
6: opinion. is hard, right? That balance yeah, is yeah, hard. Yeah. <laughs> It really is um, hard because sometimes it's even easier, I think with the special needs kids than the typical kids and, in, in that sense, you know, yeah. like my daughter's here every night, you know what I mean? Like the other kids are like driving and yeah. you're waiting for them to come home sure. and make good choices. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know? So we definitely
1: want to, we want to um, ask you about your nonprofit before we forget, but also can you tell us let's okay, bacon and juice boxes. Does he love bacon and juice boxes? I mean, is that a given? Is that an obvious answer?
0: Yeah. When I, I came up with that name, when I started the blog and in that, in that time point period. in our time, <laughs> it, he's a very, very, very picky eater Still, and all I've he, got one of those. <laughs> yeah. Literally all he would eat is bacon and a very specific brand of juice box. And, and I was looking for something quirky and it just, when I was picking the name that that was forefront in our lives of just trying to get this kid to eat something different. So it just kind of, it just made perfect sense for us at that time. Yeah. Yeah, since then, awesome. since then, his his diet's expanded a lot. So, it really, it's not really. We
4: still cook bacon every morning. Yeah, he's still at a least bacon once fiend, a day, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so it's fine. It's fine. Right. Well, I mean, who doesn't love bacon, right?
2: I was going to say, I'm with I him on like that.
3: Guilty on that
4: one for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> so then, that
1: sort of you started writing on there, and then it, it kind of went from there.
0: Yeah, at first, it was it was just literally my own little cheap therapy. I just had a lot going on in my head and I had to get it out. And uh,
4: Can I interject for a moment? Sure. He's an introvert. He will tell you he's an introvert. So it was very interesting for me too because I'm like, you're going to talk and tell all these people like you don't even know like your innermost feelings and you won't tell me, you know, but that was his way to actually share. So there were so many things probably still to this day that I read first on bacon and juice boxes and that's how I see or Heal, you know, feel what he's feeling by him just writing about it. So that to me was like huge because it helped to open up that communication of things that he just wouldn't really just openly talk about. I'm a talker.
0: Yeah, it wasn't (laughs) the healthiest of choices, but uh, I had to share something and get it out rather than doing the healthy thing, like talk to my wife. (laughs) I uh, I decided to start writing this stuff, and yeah, I guess
4: tell thousands of people we
3: write first to process all five of us um, so you're not alone in that
0: you're my people yes
2: welcome to the table that's like what i write and he's like oh i did and i'm like i just write it better than
0: well and it. there's there's something uh very secure about that backspace key um you know if i, I, I want my if husband if we
3: writing, had a delete key without <laughs> yeah. a judge, yeah. we could do this
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah and and when i want and what we write about all of us is, is deeply personal stuff and just I don't know it's just typing it and having the ability that little safety net of either being able to delete the whole thing or just keep it in a draft for a while or, or rephrase something that that's kind of my comfort zone and that's kind of where I I, I kind of fell in and man it, it kind of saved me because I was I was struggling for a while emotionally but that mm-hmm. it really saved me being able to and have then, that just outlet. in
4: general connecting with other people. Yeah like Mm -hmm. you guys and saying your favorite phrase, me too. You know, once you started to hear, oh my goodness, there's somebody that understands what Mm -hmm. we're going on. You don't feel so alone.
1: Well, it's someone that you don't actually have to explain his love of bacon to or judge you for the fact that every day your kid eats bacon and juice boxes, right? You know, Um, or the sleep thing. We, I think the five of us connected so deeply in that way because there wasn't always a but. Or this yeah, but I love
6: I love her, but I love her. You know, we don't. Have yeah, a, yeah, yeah. You don't have to don't have qualify to like, it. Yeah, yeah.
0: And it, and it's funny. I'm sure you guys have felt this too. I could go on my page right now and type something like, Eric just shaved the dog and rolled him around in flour, and I was painting. And I'll have ten people say, "Yeah, my son did that yesterday." <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's
4: like as yeah. yeah. strange as you can come up. Yeah. with Somebody else had that same experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like me yay.
0: too
6: yeah so <laughs> yeah i'll say 2012 you were really ahead of the game you know i feel like now there's it's you know every you know everybody's talking about it there's so many blogs there's so many autism pages but 2012 i mean you were definitely pioneer
0: i'm, I'm an og
6: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: when, when i started doing it actually autism daddy i don't know if there you guys ever talked to him he was really the only the only male the only father i knew that was doing this. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was, he was a, practically a celebrity when I started. He's the one who actually said, wow, I can do this. Um, you're, there weren't a yeah. lot, there weren't a lot, as, there weren't as many pages and blogs as there are now, but I'm glad it caught on. I think it's extremely healthy. I think it, it can, it can get you and you got to be careful the whole yeah. social media mm-hmm. thing, but it's, it's extremely healthy when you learn to navigate it.
4: Yeah. I think we yeah. all have a love hate relationship so cool. because you'll have those moments that Somebody makes you want to feel like you want to shut down your page.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <on that. laughs>
4: but, mm-hmm. you know, majority is just, you know, wonderful community support that you just feel great. Didn't know it was out there. Outlet, exactly. Yeah. But you're right. It
1: is an outlet and it is therapeutic. And a lot of things that I wasn't in a place when I started writing, I wasn't comfortable really talking about it sort of to everybody because nobody, because it almost, I've said it many times and you try to explain our life. You sound like you're exaggerating. Like it, Oh, come on. What do you mean she doesn't sleep? Yeah. What do you mean she's a picky eater? Like it's, okay. you know, trying to so being able to write it, there was sort of this relief that would, you know. Yeah. Now looking back, maybe I need to tighten the filter a little early on, you know. <laughs>
0: Maybe a little
1: too much sharing in the beginning.
0: You know, oh, but it's, it, it's it interesting. Holds. I'm sure. I'm sure you've experienced this too. I go back and read the stuff that I wrote early on, and I'm just not that person anymore. It's not that I regret mm-hmm. anything I wrote. I've always been very, very. You know, I'm mm-hmm. honest and, and I own it, and I, I, I don't regret it. But I, I was. It's an expression of, of where I was in that moment, which I think is important. I think the chronicle of of my my journey through this uh, is important. Mm-hmm. But when I read it, when I wrote in 2013, I'm like. I'm just not that guy anymore. Yes. I, I, I'm not there anymore. But I have to remind myself that there's a parent out there that that is there.
3: Yes. Like it's they are yeah.
0: yeah, in that step yeah. of where I was <laughs> back then. So I will never delete it. Right. But once in a while, I'll get called out on it. And somebody will say, listen, that was, that was kind of harsh the way you wrote that. And I got to say, yeah, you know what? It kind of was. But I'm not going to delete it. I, yeah. I, I, I I think it's important that it, that it stays out there because this is a, a process that we all have yeah. to go through.
4: And I think that one of the things that's really important is we've always tried to express these are our feelings as parents, Mm -hmm. our journey Mm -hmm. as parents, It's nothing to do personally. I mean, it's obviously personal about our son, but you know, sometimes we struggle with adults on the autism spectrum who will challenge how we're feeling or tell us that Maybe we don't love our child enough because we feel like we're struggling in a certain point. You know, Eric didn't get her, his driver's license or or wasn't able to do typical milestones. It's an emotional journey because it's that, you know, expected path that I thought I was going to be on. And again, totally my emotions and you're allowed to have them
0: and express right wrong or indifference
4: it's what I'm feeling in that moment so to tell me that I can't express how I'm feeling you know those are sometimes where like the social media part has been challenging to navigate because I don't want to I mean if my son someday comes and tells me like I hate that you wrote that about me I would apologize to him I would say Mm -hmm. like this was a difficult time for mom this was you know Mm -hmm. But I don't think I've ever written something that I would not want him to see or read or feel like, so that he could really understand what was in my heart and that everything that we do is in with the 150,000% best intention to help make his life easier and more productive. And yeah.
0: And we've, I, well, I'll speak for myself. I've always tried to keep in mind that my page and what I write is about me. It's it's Mm -hmm. my process, my problems. Yes. I had to heal. I had to go through some learning. It really is as silly as it might sound. Our autism page isn't really about our son. We celebrate him. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, he's a big major component. He's a celebrity on it. But if you look through everything we've written, they're about our, our journey here uh, as parents, you know, trying to get through this, not really about his. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's that's the
3: same as your book like your journey through
0: i just want to say my book is not an autobiography it is fiction
3: (laughs) but but in reading (laughs) in reading your summary like you can just feel the processing happening you know it's like in this like i wrote i read recently that your books the sort of arc of your story is that I'm sorry, the story, not your story, is that there's a dad that was trying to process, and you know sort of in the end, he comes through and finds his way with his son and I feel like we all have that in maybe not the chapters of that book or whatever, but we all grow so much alongside our kids because we're adjusting our heart while we adjust their sales, you know
0: yeah, that's a beautiful way to put it and and i I really think it's important that we Allow ourselves that journey because social media can hurt you, and you can go on social media and you see these pages where you think everybody has it all together and they have it all figured out, and what what the hell is wrong with me that I'm struggling? And that'll that'll get to you. And if if you're not finding the pages that are real and keeping it real, and that this is a struggle, and I'm I'm 17 years into this, and I I still I failed today. So but and I and I appreciate you bringing up the book. That book was a major part of that. Like. I wanted to tell a story of a, of a flawed individual a flawed dad just trying to figure mm-hmm. it out and um, struggling making poor choices that uh, it's fiction and the first thing I had to do when I wrote that book is call my mom and say yeah. mom, listen to me it's not me like, <laughs> but the, but the emotions yeah. that I drew from with that character with that protagonist yeah. were mine like I was there at a lot of places yeah. that, that he was but I had to spice it up a little bit for the for the fictional story part of it. But he's really an amalgam of all the the dads I've heard through the years, dads I've, con- I've contacted with, have relationships with, uh, who really yeah. struggled um, to process this this thing. And I want to. And make- I think
3: whether you struggle or not, you're just we all as writers or sharing or on a podcast or in your work privately, you're just trying to show somebody that you're in this process that you're learning alongside that you're growing, that we're needing these accommodations that we're maybe going to be different tomorrow, you know?
2: Well, I think the big issue is with social media and this in general is like, there's a lot of people out there that we're just supposed to have come into the earth, knowing everything, or we have a child and we're supposed to like, know exactly what to do when they're diagnosed with a disability and how to act and what therapy to do. And we don't know we're learning along with them. And so that's, really great about how you guys write and how you own it. Like this is our journey and our son is part of it, but it's us as a parent. And I think for me, the isolation in the beginning was killing me inside because I felt like no one else around me knew what, knew this life. Yeah. And when I read people like yours or My friends here at the table, their stories, I'm like, oh my gosh, someone else felt like this. I had to find them on the internet and across state lines, but someone else feels this way. And so I think telling that in the book, telling that through your writing is so important because it helps other people and who cares sometimes what other people. (laughs) And
4: it's it's funny because when I read different blog pages of um, families who do have younger Um, children on the spectrum. And I can think back to when we were going through age six and age eight and age 10. I do, I feel I resist the urge to go on and say like, oh, don't worry, this is going to happen. Or, oh, just wait, it's going to get better or worse or whatever, because
0: we didn't want to hear that. As I said, it It was really
4: hard, you know, to have that because you just said it, everybody's experience is going to be different. And what's going to maybe work for one family is not going to work for somebody else. So it's like, I never wanted to give somebody false hope or make them think like, oh my God, it's doom and gloom for the next seven years. You know, like people really have to figure it out on their own. So I do. I, I I have to say, like I feel sometimes I resist commenting because I don't want it to come across as like giving like a that lot of advice, you know, and feeling like I'm some super duper expert, which we are absolutely not, oh. you know. <laughs> so yeah, there's we'll a, there
0: are a lot of times where um I was not ready to hear uh things. Yeah. And absolutely I would have. Yeah. I would have reacted poorly if somebody had shared an unsolicited piece of advice that I wasn't ready to hear. You got to get there on your own.
4: Newspaper articles were mailed to us from well, family members of this one. And look at this story about autism. I'm like, great. Oh, that's
1: like Kaya's dad lives in California. We live (laughs) here. And he will often, if I will say something about something, he'll like send a link. And I literally want to jump to the computer um <laughs> and do bad things i'm like don't send me a link oh my god i live yeah. it every single day and you know like things like well you just need to get in front of the aggression you know yeah you yeah. know like stuff like that for people that don't live It
4: day to day, I always go back to their well meaning, yeah. they're trying to help, they're trying to see. Okay, well, I'll call you next time, then, and you I can know, talk to me I off I the ledge. I, I think maybe it's the 17 years yeah. of grizzled whatever trying to come through the silver lining of it all, but I think we've all been there and gotten those, you know, pieces of advice or things that you're like, okay, great, but not in my house, you know?
6: Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think one more
4: people person love. offers
1: us melatonin. It's like,
6: come on.
4: Yeah.
6: <laughs> I feel like people lose sight of the fact that like autism really affects the family as a whole, like the whole family unit. It's not just about, you know, the individual, individual? every person in the family, including the individual, you know, our lives change, you know, as parents, as individuals are, you know, my, I have four children. So there's three other children besides her there. They don't have the same lives that they would have would have had, you know, and it is what it is, you know what I mean? And you make the best of it and then, you know, all that stuff. But I feel like people just don't understand all of those layers and complications that kind of come with it. That's what I feel like people really lose sight of. And everybody has a right to be upset about certain things or be annoyed about certain things. Or, you know, we have a right to grieve the life we thought we would have, grieve Mm -hmm. the child we thought we would have. And people, there's so much shame in that. And I think that, you know, the more people talk about it and normalize it, the less shameful people feel about it because a lot of these emotions and thoughts are you know, they're normal, you know, everybody processes differently and everybody has different dynamics, different. and Some people have zero family support. I couldn't yeah. imagine I know in a million years doing what we did with no family support. There's so, so many different situations. That's going to really affect the way your outlook is, how quick you kind of come back up for air. And um, I just think all the judgment that people get, like we judge ourselves harder than anyone's ever going to judge us. Like, you know, So it's, it's really, I think that part of it is really important in, you know, so many people, I'm sure you get the messages too. And it's just, you know, they're like, you just said what I feel. Thank you so much for this. Like, you know, it's, you've really just given them that validation that it's okay. Like whatever your process is, it's okay. Like we obviously love our children to pieces. People just, I feel like lose sight of. The effect this has it's like a it's like a spiral effect on
0: everybody I, I think and you said it very well and I think that is the key the, the expectation part and and you wouldn't be a human being you wouldn't be a parent if you didn't have this vision of, yeah. of what your life was going to be in the next 10 20 Just
4: based on your own life too and, yeah
0: and when that is altered and I'm not saying this is a tragedy or this is but when that vision when that plan you had is is altered that will mess with you emotionally yeah. and it's okay to process that at whatever speed you need and mm-hmm. sometimes you're going great and you go a year or you, you think okay I got this figured out now and then something will happen out of the blue you'll see some yeah. you'll see some kid so random. You know,
4: it could be some small random moment and
0: all yeah. of that's okay and, and it took me a long time to, to be there like it's mm-hmm. it's all right you don't there's not some, they're not going to wake I up tomorrow have, and have. It. I
4: still have moments. Yeah. I think he's more than Yeah. There. I mean, my
6: daughter's 27. You know what I mean? You, I and feel like you're, all, t- yeah. you're always going to. Yeah. You're always going to. Mm-hmm. I feel like you, you bounce back a lot faster than in the beginning, you know, yeah. brought you to the, your knees in the beginning. Now it's like, you know, you might have a day and then you kind of, you know, you dust yourself off and you you just keep moving. But um, I don't think it's ever like a, a grief is a lifelong process. Yeah. And grief is love. Grief is not. You know, I feel like it gets so misconstrued, like grief is a lot. Like you have this, this pain inside you because you hurt your child for their struggles, for their lost experiences. Yeah. And some of it's about what we lost out as a parent. And that's like, that's okay to admit my child is nonverbal. She you know, we'll be home with us forever. And I see the other kids sometimes, you know, it, it would just be this little thing you see. They go out, they're going out for coffee together, they're getting in the car, you know, they have the, and it's like she's left behind. And some, at once in a while, that will just hit me. It hit me tonight
4: because my not- daughter went out to dinner with her girlfriend. Yeah. And Anna's yeah. like, Where's Anna going? I'm like, Oh, she's going out with her friend. And like, the second I said that, he's probably like, Well, why don't I ever go out with my friends? You know, but he's never really expressed interest. And even wanting to go out with friends, so it's like I think he's fine, but in my yeah. head, I yeah. think he yes. should want to go US, out. With
2: friends, uh, right? you,
0: US. Want, you want to talk about this now? Listen, this is this gets really deep. My wife is an extrovert, right? She's she's the social butterfly. So she already said I'm an introvert. I don't. I'm. I. I could do a prison he could be sentence
4: on a private island by <laughs> himself. Or like, That's my husband <laughs> too. <mine.">
0: yeah. So <laughs> on that level, I understand my son and he has never expressed interest in having friends he he likes being around people but yeah
4: he's he's, curious when there's people around the point
0: is he i believe he is not missing out on pleasure by not going out with his friends there's no there's no there's no pleasure that he's missing out on i know that because i could take my friends or leave them yes i'll call you (laughs) i don't want to go have dinner And, and and when i do it's work I mean, yeah. I have a good time. I can enjoy myself, right? I can work a room. I could turn on the charm, but I'm gonna have to go take a nap when I'm done.
5: Decompress, yeah. Right? Afterwards, yeah. And,
0: and in that way, I understand where Eric is. A lot. It's a lot easier for me than than for my my lovely bride here because she, <laughs> he's missing out on pleasure and he's he's deprived of these social encounters. And I try, I try so hard to explain. Listen, man, it's, it's not. He's not missing out on pleasure. Uh, yes, guess teaching me skills, right? Well,
4: but yeah. I think yeah. on top of that, it's also the sibling relationship, I think, is mm-hmm. the one that really gets me. And hopefully I won't cry because that like just sibling dynamic between him mm-hmm. and Anna, you know, like I just, again, I'm one of four kids. I had certain things, you know, growing up with my siblings and I just, you know, you want to recreate those kinds of moments and relationships mm-hmm. and it's hard to not see. They have a wonderful relationship They're She's wonderful with him. He could take a leave with her. Yeah. Like he's like, go away, Anna, you know, like, but he likes yeah. being with her and they, she takes them for ice cream and you know, whatever, but it's not as important yeah, in his life. They look at you know? things
6: very differently. You know, uh, my daughter came home from college this year. I mean, she was only 30 minutes away. So she was at the house often. My daughter lost her mind. She did not want her back here. She did not want her stuff here she did not because it just now it was different she was used to her not it has nothing to do with like her feelings she loves her sister it's not personal but now you're messing up her routine now you're and now you're bringing stuff in the house that in her mind don't belong here including your body and it was rough (laughs) I mean she went I mean she was screaming crying it went on for it was probably like seven or eight days but I mean it felt like a lot longer than that and she eventually adjusted back but it's like And
4: then my poor daughter, like, like, like you just I said, feel that's terrible. That, because that's why I said. That's
0: the hardest thing. then seeing like,
5: yeah.
4: you know, Anna being. Yeah. Our feelings get hurt.
5: Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's yeah. a complicated layer. I think that's one of the things with autism is that it's a complicated layer of not knowing. There's a lot of time spent not knowing the exact. And so we do have this place where we put on our own feelings or thoughts or wonders yeah. because there's not a way to like ask specifically and get an answer to those type of dynamics. And our kids have their own individual personalities. You know, I mean, like my two kids are both autistic, but they're night and day, complete opposites in personalities, period. You know, our son's very social. My daughter is like take it or leave it <laughs> see you later you know <laughs> so maybe she's an introvert maybe he's an extrovert you know it's hard to tell really you're just yeah. kind of guessing in that in that sense I yeah, do that a like, lot too
2: yeah. it's really hard not to project yes project. Yes. Yeah, yes I do a lot of that, especially when my my son is also uh, verbal but like he is not expressive of a lot of things. And so like, I just assume, and then sometimes he does express something. I'm like, oh, I was way wrong about that. <laughs>
0: yes.
2: yeah. 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 yeah, So we kind of,
1: I always get long-winded on things, but I don't know how much you want to talk or touch on what you do for the training. Um, can you touch on your career? I want to know a little about the canine thing. I'm fascinated by the canine unit. Um, you're a retired police officer. That is amazing. I think we've all, I know I've had my brushes you know with them the very first thing I tell I'm like my daughter's autistic and it literally comes out of my mouth like just, just because her responses is, isn't always going to be it's usually not going to be appropriate sometimes she's not going to even give you the time of day you know I don't know what she's going to say <laughs> not sure if she's going to ask you for a slow kiss or she's going to want to hold your hand you know it's it's always up in the air with my we don't know So it's always the first thing I say. It's like, my daughter's autistic. I almost kind of panic a
3: little.
0: No, that's, that's, that's the advice I'd give any, any parent or caregiver that asks me is get that information out early and often and and go overboard, making sure that that is communicated because that's the, that's the scary part is a lot of times our, our, our kids, they're, they're misread and, and the behaviors are misinterpreted by People with a lot of authority and a lot of power, and when it goes bad, when that miscommunication happens, when that misinterpretation happens, it's hard to get that genie back in the bottle. And you know, getting it out there, and even if you're if you're on the phone calling for help or nine one one, let the dispatcher know. Mm-hmm. Listen, yeah, I'm, I'm having a problem, but I want you to know my my child is is autistic. So that gets that ball rolling, and it gets heard a lot. Um, the next step is what I'm doing now is making sure that the cop understands what that means. Uh, and that's That's amazing. That's what I do now. Yeah. Yeah. It's really,
5: it really can go down a kind of, um, bad, not, I wouldn't say bad track. Like I don't want to say police officers are, but if you don't know the information, then it's assumed something else. Right. So I worked as a criminal defense attorney and I had cases picked up where kids like ours would pick up charges because it escalated to this dangerous situation because they didn't know or they didn't have the information and then you're looking down a criminal path of po- possibly some serious um consequences which hopefully you have a good defense attorney that can navigate that for you.
0: but, yeah, but that, that's automatic Yeah, that yeah, whole process. Not always. Not yeah, imagine. The yeah, whole experience, it,
5: it, yeah.
0: The scariest part is a lot of these behaviors directly mimic what they teach us in the police academy to mean something else. Yes. Like eye yes. contact. They teach yes. me in Interrogation 101 that if I'm asking you questions and you're not looking in my eyes, you're lying to me. Yes. Right? Or you're being evasive or you're being belligerent or you have cocaine in the trunk. And there's just a lot of unwritten rules and a lot of assumptions that we, walk through life making mm-hmm. as just as humans you know when you walk into a grocery store you hold the door for the person behind you well that may not come naturally to other people yeah. uh you know and and I try to I try to teach cops listen you walk in my house and you have that badge and that gun and that 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 duty belt on and that is there to send a message that that message is I'm a person of authority you have to listen to me my son won't get that message to him mm-hmm. that 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 badge is something shiny he might want to play with.
4: And yeah. something that daddy wore for his whole life. So. Absolutely. Like, hey, yeah. Yeah. So, Familiar. My daddy, you know? yeah. 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 So,
0: so my 19-year-old son who's six feet tall and 205 pounds, he is not yes. going to react to you the same way that a typical 19-year-old will. And yes. what scares me is oh, that reaction may be interpreted by that officer as disrespectful, rude, evasive, belligerent, disorderly, god forbid criminal and right. that's where a lot of this goes bad mm-hmm. and that's kind of what jars me awake at night it drives me to do what i do
5: and our kids are sensitive to energy too that's yes. another thing is like our kids are highly sensitive to energy so the second a cop goes into this like more authoritarian position yes. our kids are going to react to that high yeah. it'll be a heightened experience for both sides um, and then you lose language you could lose language like especially for my son, mm-hmm. that would be first to go it, for sure if it got escalated and, you know, can't answer questions being evasive and, and those kind of things. So that is, but, it keeps me up at night too. I'm with you, Jerry.
0: In that. And, and cops have this thing and I'm not bashing them because I am one but, and I understand the psychology of it. When we want to get compliance, we give orders and we expect those orders to be followed. And I guess it has to be that way. But when those orders aren't followed, we have no other recourse but to escalate. To talk louder, mm-hmm. to drop an F bomb, right? To to talk with more force, and uh, that is you, you know very well. That's probably the worst possible thing you can do with our kids because they're going to read that energy, like you mentioned, and you're going to be exacerbating this this scene.
4: And they're going to throw an F bomb back at you. Yeah, and then it gets bad. Yeah, <laughs>
3: or a yeah. right hook, or right. Hook. right. Yeah, right. yeah right. absolutely. And it's so funny. Welcome to Planetville. About- <laughs>
0: Hey, talk about the energy. Eric is upstairs in his bedroom feeling my energy right now. He is so wired to me and my mood that I had, I had, I'm still working on it. I have to learn to mask my emotions around him. Around him. So tied, tied Even to if it. It
4: has nothing to do with him. Yeah. He could be frustrated that his flight was canceled <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, it has nothing to do with Eric, but he could see he's upset. And then he's immediately like on top of daddy. And yeah. Just thinking like what what's wrong what's wrong what's wrong what's wrong and it's like it's crazy I well and if you sure.
6: think about a kid's verbal and non-verbal you know the, there's that communication barrier where they're gonna read facial expressions tones yeah. of the tone of voice and yeah. those things are all going awry during um situations yeah. like this because
0: well, everything
6: is is going against what <laughs> what they're trying to put out which is to de-escalate but with our children <laughs> They, they sense something or they hear something and they pick up on it a lot faster than somebody else picks up on it so then that escalates our children so it's kind of like working against the grain for sure well, I'll tell you what
1: I know like if I ever get pulled over I'm instinctively nervous I mean you'd think I was a drug dealer with 12 pounds of coke no, in my trunk I, I mean I'm like oh when I go through the border I get exceptionally nervous <laughs> I talk fast I'm like you know oh,
0: oh, oh. so
1: I get it. Like it's you're already kind of heightened at anything like that, you know.
0: Listen, I, me, I was a cop for 25 years. I get nervous when a trooper pulls <laughs> behind me on the highway, right? If if yeah. I, I, I'm not immune to it either. That's that's. Oh the, my God, Jerry!
3: Say that again.
2: <laughs> that is one of the most
3: validating things you have said today. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jerry. It's... I
2: know you've talked about oh. Stefan Watts before, and I live in Denver. Yeah. Uh, the Elijah McClain thing happened here. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I want to say his mom came out and she was very big that he was not diagnosed with autism, but the way he reacted, it scared me because that's a lot like the way my son would react. This is how they're trained to react to these situations. And it it was actually a firefighter. I think that it all resulted from, but like, this is what they don't know better. And so I'm not defending Mm -hmm. those people because what ended up happening was horrible. But at the same time, that's where you come in. And that's the great thing about Blue Bridges is like training them in a different way to be like, okay, let's think outside the box that this might not just mean A, B or C, like this might mean Z. Yeah. Let's just check that it's not Z before we go to some extreme.
0: And and that's the tightrope I walk that it's a rough time to be a cop. It, it's not mm-hmm. easy. I am happy. I'm out of the world. And I'm walking in a room trying to teach cops about our kids. If... If that message is received by them as me calling them ignorant, calling them, judging them yeah, it, I mean deceiving. it's so fragile, and that's and that's where a lot of the training mm-hmm. that's being done out there by non-cops fails because it's such it's a tightrope. I, I, and, and my message is: listen, guys, I've been there. I know how challenging this is. I know this is hard. Yeah, I have made these mistakes. trust me, I'm an ally to you. I, I defend you as best I can. I'm out there screaming from the mountaintops that we're the good guys. We're an honorable profession and, and we're we're there to help, but I have this stuff to teach you. And it's not only for, for the, for the families. And I love the fam, our families deeply. I also love you and you are exposed to risk and liability here by not understanding this information. And you're making Mm -hmm. these decisions out there on the road in a split second based on limited information and you're getting it wrong sometimes because you're misreading that situation so i can help you so that's the tightrope i walk trying to make sure they feel validated and i'm not just another voice another angle of society telling them how bad they're failing and how 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 they're bullies and thugs uh and that's that's a very very tough tightrope to walk
4: There's a training, there's a video that he uses Mm -hmm. in his training that I went to watch his training a couple months ago, and I hadn't seen the video before and here I was in the classroom with all the first responders like literally bawling my eyes out, where there was a boy in a park, and he had a like a piece of twine or something that he was just walking around spinning, you know, and looking at and whatever. And the police officer went up, thought he was definitely on drugs or drunk or something. And Mm -hmm. he flat out asked the boy, what are you doing? And the boy said, I'm stimming. And he goes, what is that? I don't know what that is. Ends up tackling the boy. Mm -hmm. And then the mother's like running across the park going like, what did he do something wrong? I'm sorry, I was just over there. And he's like, I don't know. He was trying to, he was like doing something. She's like, yeah, he was stimming. And he's like, I don't know what that is. And that like broke me where I'm like here, he literally said all the right things and he, he said it
0: he, mm-hmm. he was verbal in a way my son wouldn't he wouldn't be able to answer those questions the way this same. young my man did would, She wouldn't and uh yeah man it wrecks you when you watch that video as a parent it, it it buckles you but here's the weird part i watch it as a cop and i could see myself making the same mistake that the officer did right so that's the duality of this for me is I wear two hats, right? I have the cop hat and I have the dad Mm -hmm. hat from a dad perspective. It took me two and a half years to put this video in my program because it guts me every time I watch it. I watch it as a, but I watch it as a cop and I'm like, yeah, yep. I, yep. I understand what was going on there. I understand how he misinterpreted that. I understand how he made that call. And it's a, it's a real, it's a weird, surreal place to be having a foot in both of those worlds. But I think that kind of makes what makes the training resonate is I can I can express it like that. And it's been a really, it's been a cool process when I see these, uh, these cops, you know, they're all, they have their tactical gear on and tattoos up and down and shaved Mm -hmm. heads and they're sitting there with their arms folded. And I tell our stories and I, and I watch them, I watch them kind of crack melt, (laughs) melt a little bit. (laughs) And that, that, that is what Mm -hmm. drives me. Well,
4: and I'll brag for you because he'll never do it, but I've heard people come up to him because I've gone to a couple of his trainings and like they'll say, I've been in this industry or whatever, a police officer for 30 plus years. This is the best training hands down that I've ever been to. I've learned something that I should have known many, many years ago. So it's like, this is what he's trying to do to make sure he can reach as many, you know, first responders as possible so that there can be a little bit more understanding. And yeah, maybe there are, it's not going to like make every bad potential interaction go away, but hopefully it could avoid a lot of them.
5: And well, that's such a hard profession.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and
5: it's, a, uh, it's such a hard pr- profession. It's a, a, a profession of split decisions like your whole job is about making impressions in a quick scenario to keep everyone safe and so in in that sense like the decisions that are being made are for safety period that's it Um, and
0: then and then those decisions are then torn apart right. by people and experts yes. that have the luxury of a pause button and a rewind button yes. defense frame.
5: attorneys cool. and so, yes.
0: <laughs> I wasn't gonna go there you go there
4: yes <laughs> say, defense attorneys yes, that, that is yeah, correct <laughs> what they did or didn't have in their pockets yes yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: but I I mean I want to thank you so much I mean my son's yeah. only eight but we're just getting to the age with my daughter who's five my son doesn't quite understand this yet but like if they were to be lost or something was to go wrong, you know, you want to say to your kid, like we were told, if you see a police officer, you can go to a police officer. But I hesitate saying that to my son already. And I don't want to hesitate saying that, right. but in my mind, I'm like, well, this is a scary situation. What if they misinterpret him? Mm-hmm. And maybe now at eight, it's okay if he goes to police officer, but what if he's 17 yep. and he's stimming or talking to himself, he paces back and forth and talks to himself a lot. And I'm like, what impress- I mean, before I knew autism, I would think that meant something a lot different. And so yeah. I'm so, so grateful you're doing this because, man, it's scary. Yeah, it's amazing. It is scary. And
0: and, and that that fear you just expressed is, it's almost universal. I hear yeah. thousands of that. And here again, I am not immune to it. Mm-hmm. And I live in the town I worked in. I was second in command of my police department. I had 42 officers that kind of had to do what I say. And trust me, every one of them was trained on my son. And right now, if I needed help with my son, I would hesitate. I would hesitate to call for help right now because I'd be afraid that they would misinterpret it or just make the wrong call. And
4: uh, escalate it instead of de-escalating.
0: And and that kind of drives me that if I feel that apprehension, Mm -hmm. if I would hesitate knowing my experiences and these... I these people are my brothers and I, I would go to war with them right now. If I feel that hesitation, I can't imagine what a parent feels that doesn't have those insights or that was, those experiences that mm-hmm. I have. And I, it's, it must be debilitating. It must be just crippling to uh, to have that, that fear of, and it shouldn't be that way. These are this, we should feel comfortable calling calling for help god forbid if we ever need it and i hear that all the time that parents say no i'd rather deal with it myself it's just i I just feel like god i have to be part of the fix i have to fix that and you know i think we have
6: this challenge with autism being out there so much more now but now people have an idea of what autism is like it's this thing that goes in this box where that might be what it looks like for one person but not the other so then it's like mm-hmm. you know this generalization is being made that you know it's like grossly inaccurate it's it's almost like more confusing than someone just not knowing at all because then they're like oh no this is not what autism is because it doesn't mm-hmm. look like this you know it's it, on, not and just next, for and talks, that- I mean across the board you know
0: and that's the hardest thing to teach. Like cops, I, I, I know cops, right? They, they want a flow chart. They want a template. If I see this, then I do this, and then I'll do this, and then I'll be okay. And I tell them, listen, this is almost unfair for me as an instructor, because the reality is I could have two people sitting with me right now. The person on my left could be an MIT professor, gifted intellectual, we drive a Maserati and have a family of six. Mm-hmm. And the person on my right could be nonverbal, cannot uh, go out myself. in society without support, 24-hour care. And both of them have an identical diagnosis of autism. And then you have everything in between. So how do I, as an instructor-
4: And both can shut down in certain situations. It's
0: almost unfair what we are trying to do here, which is give you a a, a flow chart of how to go very far. And um, it's not impossible. I can
3: tell you, Jerry, that I um, watched a video that someone- just messaged you and asked you if there was this product like an ID card and suddenly you lost six months of life building ID cards for people. If you get that flow chart <laughs> handled about how to handle the spectrum disorders, I just want one. I'd I want one big yeah I do <laughs> I I'm I'm the one that does like murals on my walls. I'll paint it big, big big get me the flow chart when you make it.
2: Don't put in bubble letters.
0: <laughs> you and i can partner yeah. together we'll be billionaires if we could figure yeah. that out yeah.
1: so you can do the graphics for you sure I'm good at that. real
2: quick well be yeah. careful be careful you want to
3: look into my work before oh, <laughs> my yeah. body of work
5: it, yeah hold on one wall we can't speak
3: for but the rest is fantastic <laughs> it,
5: it is like a puzzle piece i mean like even recently we um did a podcast with our kiddos like interviewing our kiddos and the way that each one of us spoke to our children is similar but also different in yeah. the way that we would ask the questions and the way that we would approach them in the way that they would understand the context of the question you know all of that is very um it's different
0: but that's so, the crazy thing even we as parents we don't have the answers you. in those moments right yeah we, i yeah. i don't I know how to right. do a lot of that's, these things um so, you're yeah, not calling I'm,
3: the police when you have this stuff dialed in like a flow chart that's what i'm <laughs> telling you. like it's a burning question for jerry and a little bit my own life and name but my daughter, Celie, I described to you, she's a super hellcat, right? Our most recent police engagement was as a result of her losing it on a bus, her little <laughs> bus that brought her to a level four program home. It's like a 25 minute ride. And in it, she threw a fire extinguisher at the driver. I mean, there was like a lot of commotion going on. The aide called the police instead of the bus company. The police officer gets on the bus and Seeley begins to kick him in the shins and uh, like go for him, which um, she said she was going for some stickers because she really knows that everybody's got those in their pocket for her. <laughs> Anyhow, he dismissed the whole thing because she's eight. And being that, like, Rachel, don't worry about it. I would never press charges on your daughter. The I would never allow for this bus aid to, or the driver to press charges, your daughter's eight years old, fetal alcohol spectrum disorder means that there are parts of her that will not change. There are parts of her that will not progress. So when he writes us off because she's just eight, and I know that soon, if we're lucky, she'll be 28. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: I mean, lucky and blessed, like then what? And, And so I wonder if there's words that I should Is there advice that you have for families like ours, like in the moment of just thinking that it's a kid's condition and that by 19, it'll be smooth. And you know what I mean?
0: Uh, Well, we talked about, and it's, boy, it's, that's, that's every, it's all of our fear, right? That's, 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 that's real. And it's, it's almost universal, but we talked about it before that getting the information out quickly and often during that encounter. So you might want to, well, the ID cards you mentioned having something like that that is apparent that, yeah. that she you make has, a t-shirt, t-shirt
3: um, size you know, ID and, cards. And listen, and I the, am Sealy Planet again.
0: <laughs> yeah, and this is a it's a very personal decision. And I know there's privacy yeah. concerns, and there's a, a legitimate valid argument to be made that I don't want my child proclaiming their their disability on their body. And I that that is, is a valid argument. And I, I won't push back against it, but I do know as the cop who has been Dispatch to those types of calls, I've never seen a call go worse due to too much information. I've never seen a call go down the tubes because the officer knew too much about the person. And I've mm-hmm. seen thousands and thousands of calls go way, way better because the officer had information or was given information about what he was dealing with. But let me say this, and, and the defense attorney is probably a better person to speak to this. If that ungodly thing happens, that unspeakable, terrifying thing happens where She's 28 and she is arrested for the behavior. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Keep your head. Okay. All that is is a process. They'll bring her to, to the police department. She'll be processed with paperwork. You'll be given a court date and you will have the ability to advocate. It's not like the the world ends. Right, it's not like uh, unless, of course, you, you you're afraid she's going to be physically hurt. Obviously, yeah, that's important. But if she is arrested and it's it's a misinterpretation, they still have to prove intent, and they still have to, and you have you'll have your say, whether it's at the yeah. police station that night or whether it's in in a month and a half. In court you'll have your chance to advocate for her so the process is just beginning at that point it's hard for a parent to swallow that I get that I I would be with my son in jail (laughs) I I I know I mean
3: that really is such a beautiful thing to say to a person though right like it's like it's okay it's a process and we are wizards at processes and paperwork and people misunderstanding us at first like that sort of calms me a skosh just while she's aged (laughs) so thank you no, I sure. feel like we got to get her a backpack that says I'm autistic. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I'm about the ID card. Make it hot pink and send
0: her over. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, me. Some, some I heard years, you got a I'll get, it done. I'll, I'll get it done for you. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, I think information is important.
1: Well, I feel like there's so much more to talk about, um, but I know it's getting late for you guys. I feel bad, but we'd love to have you back. Maybe to a second one. I, I want to talk yeah, more we about... Need a pot too. We need a part two. I I, I took. So I just much. want to give a little quick thing before I let you guys go. Um, and we're gonna put all the links to all of your things. And by we, not me, because I can barely copy and paste. But <laughs> the beautiful Jamie Ramos is the we,
3: um, or our new intern Anna. <laughs> who <works for> free. <laughs> they both work for free. We owe Jamie a lot of back pay.
1: Uh, your podcast respect the stem. Um, I took a million notes in the beginning and I I won't read them all, I'll tell you, I was like fascinated, (laughs) but a a few things really stuck, you know, a thousand things didn't matter, a million things suddenly did,
3: Yeah.
1: and how you were humbled really quickly when it faces your family, uh, and uh, you didn't handle the diagnosis, you became bitter, me too, and uh, sorry, but get ready you, God, we're going to be big. (laughs) We whistle for Rachel. We got a lot of whistles in here. Don't worry. Um, but all of those things and the level of trauma with the, the diagnose, all of those things processing it, I felt, (gasps) I felt like I was listening to myself talk. So thank you. That was such an amazing opening podcast, respect the STEM. It's amazing.
2: And I made my husband listen. And I think it was really great for him to, because like you talked about, you know, not many men talk about this stuff. So I i mean, I know your podcast is geared towards police officers and, you know, emergency services, but it was great for my husband because he doesn't get on. The blogging or the
0: Facebook. Mm-hmm. I I I wish you understood how much that means to me. Thank you very much for that, and it's still weird for me to hear my words repeated. Uh, <laughs> it's still weird that anybody out there is kind of like has even the, the first care of what I say. But thank you for that. It means a I lot. Just
1: visiting Jamie, I'm like, oh my gosh, She goes, Isaac's listening to it right now too. So like we were <laughs> at the same time listening <laughs> so to the like that first episode. It was amazing. So thank you, so thank much. you, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Yes. Can you uh, you.
5: give us a quick um, rundown of where people can find you, your nonprofit, and if there's anything we can do for your nonprofit as well?
4: So the nonprofit name is Special Wants, and we have like a regular Facebook page. Special Wants is the name, or we have the group Special Wants of Bacon and Juice Boxes project, which is kind of where it all started, um, that we also find hard to find items that uh, special needs families are you know, looking for for their loved one. It's probably grown beyond specifically special needs families at this point. Cause I think we have 24,000 people in that group. Um, but they've had some amazing connections and finds. Our website is www.specialwants.org. And we um, try to grant as many holiday wishes for special needs families every holiday season. Incredible. Um, so yeah, so check us out and follow the page.
0: My wife is way too humble. She disappears from the months of September through December and uh, works 14 hours a day uh, granting these wishes. And it's amazing to watch and um
5: that's beautiful. Yeah, There's our bombshell beautiful. as a couple yeah. just <laughs> I know. putting things out into the world for our families yeah. and kids, it's pretty incredible. So yeah, we feel
4: like this that journey has brought us to some beautiful places. It's had very challenging moments too, but we've been blessed to be meet being so many people blessed as you say to have your destiny your purpose Purpose. your purpose in life to find you through through eric and um you know things that we've had to encounter so it's you know definitely there's a lot of silver linings as well
0: she hasn't kicked Mm. me out yet
4: (laughs) 25 years Kind of early. getting there. Yeah, we now. haven't gotten there yet. It's October, twenty-five years. Yeah,
0: thank you so much for having us. This has been a pleasure. We thank, you. thank you
4: so You're much for joining us. You. Yes, thank you. you. Right. Have, a, good Have a great day, everyone. Okay. Bye. 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 Thank you.
2: Thank you for joining us at the table for this episode of the Table for Five No Reservations Podcast. Big thank you to all of our supporters. If you would like to become a supporter, please check out the description of this episode where you will also find episode information, how to sign up for our newsletter, and find links to us individually. Join us next Monday for more. And while you wait, check out our content on Facebook and Instagram. If you are enjoying the podcast, please subscribe and rate and review us wherever you listen. To contact us, you can email us at Podcast.com at gmail.com. We'll see you next week. Can't wait to sit with you again.